0: Welcome back to Real Perspective. Uh, this is a a very special episode tonight. Uh, we're not finding out which one of us has done drugs or anything like that. But this is uh this is a little bit of a different style of episode for us. As you know, we usually do a current release movie that you can see. Um, but this is actually an interview with the the some of the team behind a little indie movie that's available on Amazon Prime called Media Res. Or do you guys do Media Ray? How do you guys pronounce it? Media's res. Media's res. Okay, res. so I am joined by Mike D. Hello, hi, Sarah. I I practiced this before. Sarah Quicano. Perfect. That was amazing, MJ. <laughs> and then Edwin. I don't know your last name. I'm so sorry. Gonzalez. Edwin Gonzalez. Um, <laughs> yes. So Edwin and Mike wrote the movie, and then Mike and Sarah star in the movie. Right. right. Yeah. Right. It's, okay.
1: It's, it's it's a pretty simple Venn diagram. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> We're well, missing one part of the end of the diagram. The
1: trifecta.
0: Uh, the quadrecta. Right. Yeah. What was that what it was you, I don't know. I don't um, know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you guys made a movie called Media's Res, and it's it's. Do you guys want to give a brief synopsis of what it is? Hit it, Mike D. Uh, so, D.
1: <laughs> so, so Medias Res is, I, I guess, like, loosely, if you were to talk about the story, it's about uh, two guys. One played by myself, Dave, who's down on his luck, so to speak, selling shit out of the trunk of his car. And he lives on the floor of uh, his roommate's place. And his roommate is uh, Joe who sells drugs, but not past 8 o'clock, apparently. And uh, (laughs) they decide to start stealing cars one night, and we steal a car that has Sarah inside of it. Yes. And
0: (laughs) And, and then it
2: goes down. Yeah,
0: yeah, and then it goes off the rails from there. Uh, Yeah, I had a chance to see the movie, and I am... So... Not to immediately make the show about myself, but my friends and I sort of make movies, but not really down here. Uh, and I I am in them, but purely as a favor to to my co-host because uh-huh. he helps co-host the podcast. I have no aspirations of writing, directing, or acting at all. Um, we just came out with one a, a new one a couple months ago, and they're all the same. They're all called the Precinct Something. Uh, and they're they're more like down the line like police procedural parodies, almost Naked Gun airplaney, like very, very jokey. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And when my wife and I were watching *Medius Res*, she was like, "I feel like this was colored in by the precinct on the edges. Like there's there's funny goofy things that happen, but it's not like a down the middle comedy."
1: Yes. That, no, that's a, that's hundred percent like uh and will let edwin of course chime in when when yep. he, he will but uh ed and i have a very specific sense of comedy and we knew when we were writing Medius res that it was funny but we didn't want to make it like a joke like it's not a joke like what happens to these right. people but we knew that there were funny at least funny to us like things that that happen and uh And if nothing, if nothing else, like we could sell it as, you know, a drama or a thriller, but we're like, man, this is hilarious. (laughs) And then as more people watch it, they're like, no, it is kind of like a comedy. There's, there's comedy there. So yeah, you and your wife aren't wrong.
0: Yeah. One of my favorite jokes in the movie that was when you were trying to sell the music magazine and the, uh, the subscription to the music magazine that has the, the one of. Uh, Sarah's character's old co-stars who's a rapper uh, uh-huh. on the cover, and on, one of the cover stories just says, Corey Feldman making a comeback. Dope news. That was all Edwin. That was all Edwin. <laughs> was all Edwin. Yeah.
1: Ed, Ed and I are big Corey Feldman fans. Yeah, big, big fans to say the least. Yeah. Sure, why you know, you he just had a birthday, and then okay. uh, his, his birthday cake this year was his face uh, you know, sugared, photoed onto the cake. So, sure. yeah, no, it, it's very Corey Feldman.
0: Yeah, that's that's. I wouldn't expect anything less from Corey Feldman. Uh, okay. So before we get into the nitty gritty, um, gory details of how this movie came about, your previous endeavors, all that, Mike requested that we play a game of cinephile. Uh, we'll do it, cinephile. Sarah, Sarah and cool. Edwin learned that we were going to play a round of cinephile right before we started recording. I, th-
1: I maybe, hey MJ, maybe they learned while we were recording. <laughs> I don't know. Wink. Maybe.
2: Maybe. So I feel oh, like, yeah. This is this is this is gonna be the two of you guys. I'm uh... oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, down, I'm, I'm a down. different kind of Cinephile, but we'll
3: see. We'll I'm, see down, I'm down for the count, yeah, for sure. <laughs> All
0: okay. right. So the way we play this particular version, because it works the best on the podcast of Cinephile, there's several ways to play. They don't sponsor the show. We just one of my guests bought a copy and we played it on the show once and people loved it. Um, As I explained, it's the only feedback I've really ever gotten on the show was, Hey, I really liked when you guys played that game. So there are, there's a a deck of cards and each card has an actor and an illustration of them in the, in a specific movie. And then underneath that, it says the movie. So the way we will start is I will name an actor. I will name the actor on the card and then the movie that's listed on the card. And then we will go to the next person. Okay. And that person will have to name another actor in that movie.
2: Oh, it's called the movie game. We yes. It's, just the, game, <laughs> it's just the
0: movie cool. game, but there's cards. It's just uh, the movie game, but there's cards. So yeah, uh, there's we can house rule it however you guys want. Uh, I like to allow voice work, but it's up to you guys if you don't, if you want to exclude that. Um,
1: Wait, what's voice work? Like if, like it, if it, they it, were it,
0: in an animated movie.
1: Oh, okay. That's fine. Voice Let's voice do it. Work. Let's
0: do it. Okay. No, no, like
1: if you wanted me to do, like, if, if it's like Paul Lind or something, like, oh, hey. Like, oh,
0: <laughs> no, you're not going to need to do an impression uh-huh. of, of like Edwin. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, I, you could. I mean, you I'm know? not going to stop you from doing that. But
1: no, like, I if you could, Bakersfield.
0: I, mean, yeah. <laughs> um, I do have one question before we get started. So yeah. when we used to play
2: the movie game back in the day. We were also allowed to, if we couldn't think of an actor, we could go to director.
1: Ooh, yeah.
2: Ooh, I like that.
1: That sounds more cinephile. Actually.
2: Yeah, and actually. Yeah. we cinematographer we could like basically we could as long as but you could challenge the person <laughs> right so if they couldn't come up with another movie that person had been in or right. another movie that that person
1: uh-huh. had, uh
2: had had filmed etc then you could challenge the other person
1: like what if you can't think of an actor in the movie but you could think of uh director of photography caleb Deschanel. exactly like just say that
0: exactly <laughs> sure just name someone on the crew uh-huh. challenge
1: challenge i'll challenge you <laughs> kevin taylor maybe
0: yeah, yeah, I'm into that. I'm into like, that. And yeah, then uh and then nothing that's not currently out, obviously. So you couldn't just go to like, you know, cats. Um oh, god. So no okay, so movies that have been released. Yes. Yes. Um okay. I will start by reading one of the cards because I have the pictures of the cards. Um Peter and then well no, I'll name the movie on the card. That way it doesn't give me an advantage. Okay. Is there a particular order that you would like us to go in? Like are we gonna go around in a circle kind of thing?
1: Can we go yeah. prettiest?
2: Can we I go can what? Order of, prettiest? Yeah. order of prettiest.
1: So like you go, Sarah goes, I go,
3: Ed goes.
2: Or we go Edwin first. Oh
3: he's <laughs> the prettiest. No, yeah, we'll down for whatever. Sorry, I we're
0: hijacking your game. <laughs> no, that's fine. I usually I usually start uh so the the I'll start it and then A different person will go after me, usually, each round. Great. That way, that that person. So we'll start. uh, We can start with you, Sarah, in this round. We'll go Uh, then. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Um, Okay. I will start. We have Rooney Mara in The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo.
2: Daniel Craig. And what else? What do
1: I have to say? Well, what's it like a Daniel Craig? So you said Daniel Craig. No, no, no. no, no. No,
0: The next person has to name a movie with Daniel Craig in it now. Oh, oh,
1: I have to do it. it. Okay. So uh, Daniel Craig in uh, The Golden Compass.
3: Uh, Nicole Kidman. Eyes Wide Shut.
0: Oh, wait, hang on. No. So I would name a movie. You just have to name the actor who was in the golden Oh, Country.
2: it's different yeah. than the movie game, guys. Oh, I fucked it all up. I thought all we right. were going in a circle. Yeah.
3: No,
0: that's no, <laughs> all. No, it's it's movie actor, movie actor, alternating. So Edwin, you said Nicole Kidman, right? Yeah. Okay, I'll do Paddington.
1: Okay. So, so Sarah named someone else in Paddington?
0: Yes.
2: Jesus Christ. Paddington? Oh. <laughs> Uh, what happens if I have no fucking idea?
0: Uh, then you're out, and it'll go
2: to Mike. I'm out then. Sorry, guys. You go, Mike.
1: My, my boy, uh, Ben Winshaw, he plays the voice of Panic because we, we're were we including voice work. Yep.
2: Ding, ding, ding,
3: ding. Right. So you okay, Ben Winshaw. Yeah, uh, the Blair Witch. <laughs> Is he in that? Yeah, I, I, I think he, he was... Uh, production assistant in that.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh uh-huh. With Ben Rock.
3: With Ben
0: Rock.
1: With Ben yeah. <laughs> Who is on the Split House podcast with us. That's true. He was the only British guy on the, the crew.
0: Okay. <laughs> no challenge. We're good. No. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna challenge that. <laughs>
4: okay, 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 okay. Fair enough.
0: All right, so it looks like it's down to you and Mike D All right. All right. Okay. So another Ben Wishaw movie? Yeah. Uh, Skyfall.
1: Okay, uh, Ray Fiennes.
0: Okay, uh, Inbruge. Uh, Colin Farrell. Um, The Recruit. Al Pacino. This is gonna go in a long time. <laughs> Scent of a Woman.
1: <laughs> Chris O'Donnell.
0: <laughs> uh, is he? <laughs> Is he an in and out? No. Ah. Does that mean you lose? <laughs> that is how I lose. What's the one where he's like single and getting married or has the to get Bachelor, married? The Bachelor
1: with Mariah Carey and Renee Zellweger. That's what I
0: was thinking of. Yeah. In and out is the one with Kevin Kline. Okay. Yeah, and Tom Selleck
1: where they kiss, the gay kiss, they like to yes. kiss. Yes.
0: Yes. Okay, like- so that's one point. We played a three, by the way. Well, we
1: played a three. I only got one point. All right. So do we reset with everybody? Am I back in? Uh-huh. Yes, you're back in. So new no okay.
0: round. Mike Good. will go second this time. I'll be no. out I'll be out in a minute, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> All, right. Yeah. All right, Mike. We have Cameron Diaz in being John Malkovich.
1: Okay. Oh, so I get to
0: say it? So now you say an actor who's in being John Malkovich.
1: Spike Jones. And then wait, do I get he he's an actor in the it's movie. You. It's yeah.
3: You. Three Kings. There you
0: go. Okay. Did you say three kings? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh Ice Cube? Is Ice Cube in Three Kings? Yep. Okay. I to me? Uh-huh.
2: Boys in the Hood! <laughs> yeah, I got something!
1: Oh, 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 so it's Boys in the Hood to me? Yeah. So so then I say uh, Larry Fishburne.
0: Okay. Oh, yeah. Ooh, good. Uh, Martin Sheen. Ooh.
2: Ooh. God, Martin Sheen to me. All the things. <laughs> we can't do TV? Nope. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to think of something that... Nothing's gonna stunk you! JFK, motherfucker. Oh,
1: yeah, he was the narrator. You <laughs> that is? <laughs> <laughs> alright, so, uh, alright, so we're at JFK. I'll say, uh, uh, oh, Tommy Lee Jones.
3: The Fugitive.
0: Uh, Harrison Ford.
2: Harrison Ford to me. Which Harrison Ford movie should I pick? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so- um, <laughs> The Empire Strikes Back.
1: Oh, that's a good one. So I'll I'll say my boy uh, Billy D. Williams.
0: Superflat. Ooh, uh, I'm out. No, Sarah. Boy, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> I, I was thinking about that, that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that would be rad if Star Wars Episode six was super flat. Yeah. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah,
3: Return of the Jedi. Yeah, that's no, good. it is called Return of the Jedi. It's
0: true. Oh Return of the Jedi. Okay. okay. So Return of the Jedi to me?
3: Yes. Uh-huh.
0: Oh, okay. Uh I'll do uh, Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher to me.
2: Um, and we've already covered the Star Wars. <laughs>
4: uh, what?
2: Oh my God, what the fuck is the name of that movie? Um,
1: Drop Dead Fred. Oh my gosh.
2: <laughs> wow. Uh,
1: uh, Rick Mail. Rick Mail, the star of Drop Dead Fred.
3: Yeah, uh, I'm out. I, I don't know who. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, do you have Rick Mail?
0: No, man. I, nope. I'm Denzo. All right. So it's, no,
1: so it's me and Sarah, right? Yeah. So name like a Rick Male or I uh, in? Yeah. yeah. All right. I have no fucking idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah That's right,
2: right,
1: two points for me. I what? what was he in? Come on. Let's keep going. Round three. No, I want to go. I'm like, yeah,
2: what? Want- Look,
1: if this is not uh, this is not an advertisement for the Internet Movie DB. This is, you know, <laughs> oh, let's, let's keep on going. Maybe right. on, yeah. yeah. one more
3: point, and then I win.
0: Okay, okay, we're starting with Edwin this round. Yeah. Okay, okay, Saoirse Ronan in Hannah.
3: Ooh, in uh... Let me see. In Hannah. Uh... Okay, wait, wait, wait. Uh... Eric Bana.
0: Yes. Oh, I guess it goes, goes to you to- now. Oh yeah, Sarah. Yeah. Oh I thought it went to you now. Oh yeah. I guess that's clockwise technically, yeah. right? <laughs> okay. Eric Bana is in funny people.
1: He is. He's good in that.
0: He is very good in it.
1: It's a good adaptation of the great Gatsby.
0: Hmm.
2: Oh. Uh, Leslie Mann. So yeah.
1: I- yeah. Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, okay. uh uh Georgia the jungle.
0: Brandon Fraser.
1: Yay! Oh, there you go.
0: Uh, Looney Tunes back in
1: action. <laughs> you, oh, that's a good one. There's so many people in that fucking movie. I have not seen Looney Tunes back in so action. You don't know anybody in that movie. I
2: know nobody in that movie. I'm
1: gonna go with. So it goes to me. Sarah's out, right? Yeah. Yeah. I go with my man Dick Miller
3: and uh, Gremlins. Ooh, good call. Ooh. Yeah.
2: So it's Gremlins to you, MJ.
0: Yes. Uh, what's... I, my brain just evacuated everyone from Gremlins, <laughs> except Leonard Malton, who's in the second one. Yeah, he's um, in
1: the second one. We already did Phoebe Cates the, the first round. No, we didn't. We didn't. Oh, we didn't say Is Kates? it
0: Phoebe Cates? We did say did you just give me an answer? Oh uh, god damn it. Yeah, bro. you didn't. I, Phoebe Cates. I was it. I couldn't remember if it was Phoebe Cates or Jennifer Beals. Uh, I feel like we've been talking about Phoebe Cates this whole episode because there's uh because c- she's
1: married to Kevin Klein, who's in In and Out.
0: Yes. Uh, yeah. Got it. Nope, Phoebe Cates. That's
1: my draft of I think All you right. just won. No, because no, no, I they, gave him a an name. So, so I have
0: to name... What do I name now? Another Phoebe Cates movie.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> Princess Caribou. <laughs> That's a real movie. All right. So Ed has to name someone in Princess Caribou? I, I'm going to check One. first. Oh, you have to name someone in Princess Caribou. Good luck.
0: No, Edwin does, but I just... I want to make sure this is a real movie. Yeah, look <laughs> it up. Princess Caraboo is a real it is, movie. It is. It is it, it's yeah. for like 93, okay. I think. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, I think I'm out. Yeah. I'm
0: <laughs> more, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, and I also just saw who else was in the cast, so I am also out. Mike wins. Yay!
2: No big surprise. Your brain is ridiculous.
1: All right. Princess
0: <laughs> Caribou rules. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's that's my first loss in this game on the show. So, yeah. oh man,
2: well I don't think anybody could win this against Mike D. I would, I, I would, I'm like, because I feel like I'm standing behind you, like massaging your shoulders, and like uh-huh. if I were gonna send anybody out on this mission, it would be you. <laughs> with your freakish knowledge of films.
1: I listened, oh. I listened to some episodes, MJ, and I was like, I'm, I'm sorry, man, but I was like, I'm, I want to win. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: Is yeah. that why you texted me about play, playing the game? Absolutely. Um, I
1: wanted to win.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so that's Cinephile, once again, not a sponsor of the show, but it's pretty great. You can order it online. I think it starts shipping officially in August. Kickstarter backers already got it. Um or if you're going to the board game convention Gen Con next weekend, uh you can get it there. Um yeah, okay, let's talk about Medius Res. So Mike and Edwin, you guys co-wrote this thing together, right? Yes. Okay. Where does this come from? So I know you guys had, had previously worked on some stuff with Splat House, right? Which is where this, that's the origin story of you guys. Um, and you guys you guys remade Plan 9? Is that correct?
1: Uh-huh. And, and Sarah's like, yeah, I want
0: to talk. To no, no. What I was
2: going to say uh-huh. is that the origin story actually goes far, far, far further back than that between the two of them. But...
3: Yeah, I, I knew Mike back in high school.
2: <laughs> so um splat house i think that's like a like a, a misconception like splat house was a thing that like <clears throat> the three of us worked right. on together and edwin has graciously lent us his cinematography for for splat house but like yeah their their filmmaking history goes much much further back and then i'll shut up and i'll let edwin talk yeah
3: so uh the genesis of it was just doing something about kind of like a. Uh a very kind of almost stereotypical kind of like noir kind of like, you know, set up with kind of like a desperate guy that's trying to kind of make it in a very tough world, so to speak. And uh, it kind of came from the character that Mike plays. And then we kind of started adding all these kind of like other elements to it, like Joe and Sarah. And that's kind of how it kind of just started and evolved in the, into what it is now. But we, we always knew, MJ, like... The the, the first kind of story
1: that we we wrote, we always worked on screenplays about about losers. So, like, the way that that loser evolved over time kind of evolved with, and this sounds, like, sad, but it it evolved with me. So, like, like, as I, like, grew up, like, so did this, like, loser persona that uh, Ed and I would write. And then when we got to it, it was, you know, selling shit out of the trunk of my car. Whereas... Like, that's actually something we did back in high school, too. Like, having that, that trope with the uh, Good Times' crappy car, right? Where, you know, he'd have, like, a shitty car and he'd hit, like, the speed bump and the, the
3: no, back would no. pop open. Yeah, no, that's a that's no. a movie we did. No, I, I remember. No, no, yeah. No, that's incorrect. But, yeah, I agree. I, I, I'm with you. I'm with I'm 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 yeah. you. What's the correct version of that? So, uh, no, it just kind of came about because, yeah, good. It had a like a trunk that went up. It, no selling from the trunk of the car. But but the idea that there's like this loser with a car, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, and
1: <laughs> I think
2: that I think that like what like what MJ looking for is like when did you guys actually start like doing film work
0: together? Well, no, it's just like what's the origin of like media res media res specifically because it's okay. like it's such a specific story. It seems like right. and it's so. It's just, like, it feels like it could only be born out of you guys, and I don't know you very well. Like, your your vision of this comes across as, like, this is a movie only you two could make. So, like, what's the origin of that? Like, how do you settle on not just the loser aspect, but the neo-noir and then, like, the shitty 90s teen drama comedy thing? Yeah aspect in there like it's just from a very specific point of view no
3: i get exactly what you're saying i mean the main i think the neo-noir aspect came when we added sarah's character where mike would get involved in something where he uh in, in some type of situation where he would be completely over his head that's kind of like a very neo-noir type trope that we kind of like would see and, and it's common as well in that sense and Adding the 90s aspect to it, of uh, kind of like the teen soap opera, it was just something kind of, I think, naturally that came from that character. And also that uh, we're big fans of kind of like 90s TV shows like Saved by the Bell. Saved by uh, the Bell Rules. That... Yeah. So those were kind of like two of the main starting points right there. into what also kind of, you know, then started kind of like uh, snowballing into that more noirish type of narrative that kind of goes about a little bit later on in the movie.
0: Got it. So, to kind of piggyback on the specificity yeah. of that, um, this is a movie that takes place in Oakland. Right. And you guys all are centered in the Bay Area of, of California. Yeah. And th- I've noticed that Oakland is kind of getting its day in the sun as a setting for films lately. So, you know, you had Sorry to Bother You and Blind Spotting last year. Exactly. Uh, and now, you know, Medias Res, which. You know, I, I think that there was this, this era of like San Francisco cop movie, right? With Bullet <laughs> yeah. and even just Streets just of San Francisco on TV. Big ass. <laughs> um, and so we we had that, then it kind of went to the coasts or to the East Coast, New York, gritty stuff. So what is it about Oakland that you think it's really starting to pop now?
3: Right. It was always kind of like, on you know, uh, in the shadow of San Francisco and but then just you know uh eventually just a lot of great people are kind of coming out of Oakland at this point kind of like boots riley and uh david who uh who made a uh, blast blinds- blind spotting yeah and yeah. all that stuff really great art and they were just you know they're from oakland and they just started featuring it and kind of like their films and whatnot and people you know started taking notice of it and i don't know it's just a great city i think also if for a noir or a noir, it's actually spectacular because it has kind of like this old kind of like kind of old modern look to it I'm not being kind of like very specific of it but just the quality of it that lent itself to the story that kind of medias res takes place so it's it was just a whole bunch of factors and also that it's just you know when we were kind of making medias res it wasn't you know oakland wasn't getting kind of like it's uh it wasn't popping like it is now so to speak right. It was the place you know uh that we had friends there and, you know, we loved Oakland and, you know, we thought it would be just amazing to kind of feature it, you know, in a movie.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. It, it, it really comes through. Like it is so in the foreground of of the film and, you know, obviously that, that seems intentional, but to see, and, and it's funny to see these three movies that are about Oakland. Right. And they all kind of, I don't want to say look the same, uh, but they're all kind of bathed in neon. And that city looks really good with very saturated colors. Absolutely.
3: No, absolutely. I mean, it's kind of like a little bit for me. It feels it's unlike San Francisco, which is a little bit more like monochromatic, so to speak. Oakland is just like a city that just kind of pops with kind of like it's different light hues and kind of like, you know, the neon around it and stuff like that. It's just kind of like a characteristic of that city, which also added to kind of like the atmosphere of the movie. So, and and it was another reason I guess we, you know, picked Oakland versus like, let's say filming in a place like L.A. or even filming the movie in San Francisco, too.
0: Right. Right. And it's not like you're going to be like, let's go film in Modesto. (laughs) That's the Bay Area, but
3: um yeah we don't have any meth houses exactly exactly no no yeah.
0: well you can come to my city for those already-
2: <laughs> yeah. i mean we, we didn't just film in oakland but uh- <laughs> yeah we
3: filmed it the majority but we filmed it in Oakland yeah. for sure yeah right.
0: um so mike and sarah i want to talk to you guys about your performances and, and the characters in the movie um sarah i want to know what it was like playing summer because she has almost three or four different personalities contained within her arc in this movie right so there's there's the there's the character on tv there's Mm -hmm. there's the quintessential american and then her public persona and then her kind of femme fatale side and the 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 way she kind of plays around within that convention and rides the line of that so how like how do you keep that consistent across all the scenes of like still making it feel like it's the same person, but all these different aspects of her.
2: Well I think that, that I think that, that speaks a lot to like to like Edmund and Nike writing. Um, because I obviously I want to play a character that has range um, as a performer. Um, so I mean it was it was it was pretty simple. Like we spent so we spent so much time talking about these characters before we even started working. Like we spent I don't even know, I feel like we spent like a month
4: yeah. just
2: really getting into like the nitty gritty and like Edwin would throw little ideas at me for each scene yeah. as we were going along.
3: Um, and we would do a lot of rehearsals as well to kind of keep the consistency in the character as well, depending on kind of the stage of the story that we were in. Right. Yeah.
2: Um and so like so I had an objective in every scene and I just I, I made her a real person, you know. I um I come from a theater background. Um so like that kind of Mercurial. What's interesting is I I think I did like twenty five projects during the time that we were doing this, so it was it got pretty easy for me to shift back and forth inside of inside of Summer's personality. Um, So yeah, I I I think that we we all just we had a very clear vision and there was very clear direction and like what and it was very clear through the script like what are Summer's intentions in this scene? Um, What part of Summer are we seeing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I, I acted the thing. Yep. I knew the thing. I lived the thing. Um, and I think it's also easier because the, like, the role was ultimately, like, written for me. Yeah. And so, definitely, so, definitely. so it, it played to a lot of my, it played to a lot of my strengths. And, um, and because we had worked together before, Um, all of us had worked together before in some capacity, like Edwin could definitely like call out, well, this aspect of what you did in this other thing, like there's a little bit of that in this.
3: Um, Because the majority of the roles in the movie, they were written for the people that are starring in them. Yeah, like top five, right? Yeah, like Joe, like, you know, Joe's part was written for Joe. That's why he's called Joe, you know. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, Mike, of course, you know, uh, his character Dave was written around kind of like, you know, what Mike does and his strengths and whatnot. So, yeah. yeah. So, and that made the process a lot easier for uh, them to get into character, so to speak.
0: Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, Mike, that brings me to Dave. And, uh, you know, you said that you've always kind of been drawn to this loser character who, you know, is is sort of put upon by the world and can vacillate between happy-go-lucky about it or really sad about it. And that that type of character has kind of grown up with you. Um, But my question is, how? Because I feel like you bust your ass. Um, Like, you're so active on Twitter and... You, like, you're always, you always have a project from what I've seen. Like, I followed you on Twitter for, I don't know, maybe a year now. And you're, you're always promoting something or, like, you, you have a lot of hustle in you, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we kind of see that in Dave, but not really.
3: <laughs> I think that, you know, this is, yeah, I, I 100% agree with
2: that problem. This is Mike's. My-
1: yeah, go ahead. Mate. Oh no, if I'm if I'm to respond to that, I look. I've been meaning to get this off my chest for years, and MJ will put it to you in terms that I know you'll completely understand. uh The relationship between me and Edwin, like we're we're best friends. We work together all the time. We're <laughs> we're great buddies, but we are 100. Like I'm Bruce Campbell and he's Sam Raimi, and he just wants to put me like through the ringer like, <laughs> my characters to be fucked up and have fucked up shit happen to them. And since we don't like, if, if we came into this with a big budget and who could live like a wood vice, he would do it. Uh, but since we have to do it kind of emotionally <laughs> or through yeah. these bigger beats, yeah. he, he wants to do it that way. But I don't, but I don't disagree with it because uh, you know, from my time with Sarah and theater in like the characters I'd get cast into. I think Edwin was right <laughs> 21, 22 years ago when we met each other and he kind of like cast me as the loser. Like there, there's this thing that I've learned that I could kind of do where you could feel empathetic towards me, but also my people don't make the, the greatest decisions based on their emotions. And there there probably is something real to that, but you're not my therapist, so
0: we won't talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> sure i got a very big blue ruin vibe from this movie um oh, blue, blue ruin uh so that was one that
1: came out like when we started yeah, yeah. when we started the I,
3: I actually i've heard a lot of good things i haven't seen it so oh it's yeah it's really good yeah um well, I, i'm meaning to check it out for sure yeah. i love uh, jeremy though like his his work's amazing
0: yeah That's not an influence no no, 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 no not, not yeah, it wasn't okay. yeah Okay, it just like it very much specifically in Dave. Dave reminded me a lot of Macon Blair's character in Blue Ruin, where it's just like I'm just trying to live my life, man, and like now I'm in this, <laughs> like it's it's almost this 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 clerksy and like I'm not even supposed to be here today, right? By...
1: you know who is like literally an actor influence in that though, and he's kind of like in the same vein as like Macon Blair is, uh, Pat Healy. Okay. Son that we would talk about a lot
3: yeah definitely
0: got it so you know M- mike in the movie dave has joe that he bounces off of a lot and they're uh they're essentially best friends maybe by default because they only have each other but they couldn't be more different um, <laughs> is, is that is is that reminiscent of your relationship with Edwin or is it your relationship with Joe in real life? Like, he, cause you guys bounce off of each other and really kind at really kind of like odd angles because there's something about your dynamic that shouldn't work. And that's what works about it.
1: No, you know, in real, in real life, I well, sorry, I'll, I'll jump in real fast, but in real life, I think that if people were to be a fly on the wall and watch Joe and I, just me and Joe, they would think like we're brothers, maybe like adoptive brothers because he's like black. <laughs> but like they would think that we're they would think that we're brothers. But he has this like long storied life, even though he's even younger than me. And we took things from from uh, his past that you would talk about. And uh, we kind of heighten them is all.
3: Yeah, I mean, like uh, in a weird way, I think kind of Dave and Joe's characters are pretty similar. I mean, I think Joe picks is so hard on Dave because he's where Dave's at as well in the movie. I mean, he becomes very submissive a little bit later on in the once he meets uh, Ricky's character. He becomes almost like the default Dave there. Right. <laughs> so it's more, I think, the, the reason their, their friendship works so great is because they're two guys kind of like on the same platform or in the same kind of like level, so to speak. But Joe's just trying to put himself up a little bit further than, than uh, Dave. But, you know, really in reality, he probably sees a lot of himself in Dave. That's why he's so kind of hard on him in that sense.
0: Yeah, it's a great pairing. Like, I, yeah. I don't know, you guys and probably because you are so close in real life, but like the, just the, the, like I said, the way you guys bounce off of each other is really neat and interesting and, and sort of like uh, unseen. Like I didn't, I felt I, once again, the specificity of the point of view of the movie, I felt like I hadn't seen this before. This is specific to your guys's experiences. Um, and uh, with that, there's, there's a lot, you guys put a lot in this movie. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> But there's yeah. there's a lot going on plot-wise, which, you know, that's a neo-noir thing, right? They have yeah. those labyrinthine plots that... that there, are, which become,
3: uh, you know, at po- yeah, ex- that's exactly right. You know, like the neo-noir plots, that, you know, at points they become purposely, like, convoluted in itself. Right. Where, like Even, like, the main characters don't even know what's going on right. as well, so...
0: Right, so, but then we get it colored in, like we were talking about at the beginning of the show, by this comedy that happens at the edges... So how do you find that tone? How do you figure out how to bring in these sort of classical neo elements with this sort of satirical, not quite parody?
3: You know what? I think that's kind of like a hard question in a sense, because a lot of that stuff, the humor stuff and whatnot, is kind of intuitive in that sense. It's just kind of, you know, me kind of, you know, talking to Mike and seeing what kind of entertains us and makes us laugh. So there isn't really kind of like a, I don't think we go too analytical on it, like in figuring out where do we put this and that and the other. It's just going by a lot of kind of how it feels or how it kind of reads to us once we're kind of, you know, uh, taking it all in after it's written. So hopefully that, yeah, it, it, it's not like, a you know, like I said, like, yeah, what would you say, bro? Well, I,
1: I would say, like, not to show too much about how the sausage gets made, but, uh, but you know, we'd, we'd be sitting there writing. You know, back, far back in the writing process, we're in a public place like Denny's.
4: <laughs>
1: and, uh, and Ed and I might be talking about a certain story aspect, like, say, the, the drug deals that are, that are going to happen. And we would just know that, you know, we don't, we don't want to talk about crack or coke or whatever. We want to, like, have a different drug. So then we would talk about satirical films that maybe introduce these things into it. And, you know, we would, uh, <laughs> we would get our rocks off from there robocop for instance yeah. right and like what work, worked there but again not to give <laughs> too, too much, much away, away. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah sure and you know uh it made me really laugh that the drug was called fluoride uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. From um,
3: the, it, yeah just to play on kind of like that whole conspiracy theory with uh the the toothpaste and the water and all that stuff
0: yeah absolutely so Sarah, a lot of your comedic moments happen not even in the same room with the main characters. They happen in, in Quintessential American, which <laughs> is, it's such a such a funny thing to just kind of weave in and out of, of the story. So did you get this sense of like, you're kind of just like coming in and causing a little bit of mischief and then popping back out until we meet the real Summer?
2: Oh, totally. And it was like, so those shoots, First off, most of our shoots were fantastic, and we had a ton of fun doing this. But those shoots were particularly ridiculous. Those you can take were, the gun away from her head now. Yeah, yeah. You can take the gun. um <laughs> I mean, that was really just like us because they were there was less pressure during those shoots. Like we weren't shooting in the middle of the night, etc. We weren't. We we weren't nearly the guerrilla filmmakers during <laughs> those period of time. That it was just a time for us to like hang out and explore and be like, no, 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 say it a little bit more like that and, like, see what, like, cracked us all up. Um, those shoots were really fun. Those were some of the first things that we ever yeah. shot. Um, and it, it, we had it a lot more of our, like, at the time, well, everybody in the film is, like, closely connected with each other. But uh, we literally just reveled in a park. Um, <laughs> we, we hung out at a friend's house and got to, you know, do these ridiculous lines that were put together by as they said two people who very much loved this like genre that I'm not super familiar with. Um, Mm -hmm. so it was mostly just play and yeah, I was very aware as we were doing it, that these were things that were going to be dropped in, um, for comic timing. Um, so we just had fun with it, and I just had fun with it. And... and and
3: they were definitely put in to kind of like, you know, ease up some of kind of like the, you know, the darkness that kind of, you know, you see for the narrative as well. So they were, you know, in, until her character comes in, for sure they were used to kind of
0: like lighten the mood, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And then, so does it, did you know which clips were going to be put into the movie that you were f- filming, or did you guys just kind of shoot stuff and then whatever worked best ended up in the movie that was
3: pretty clear no it was pretty clear i think you know we had a a pretty clear idea where certain clips were going to go like in particular like the first scene you know Mm -hmm. with uh, sarah and her boyfriend you know that was you know from the get-go that was you know written in the script with a couple of the other scenes i think we might have switched but pretty much we were pretty a hundred percent on kind of like how the scenes were going to be played out they were all written in the script yeah and we knew which scene was going to go in which specific kind of point in the story
2: well that for me as an actress too is also very helpful because i i knew where these were going to fit into the and and unlike other projects like i got to know the script intimately right right so like i could visualize or i could visualize exactly where this was going to drop in and i knew what was going to happen around it and like what needed what needed to come from me as a performer like knowing yeah. that that final that that final bit yeah, yeah was no, gonna be, no spoilers no
1: spoilers
3: yeah, right always, right final quintessential american bit would, yeah. was, was
2: going to
0: be where it was yeah, that that final
3: um, episode was going to be in the ending scene for yeah sure. exactly so okay
0: yeah that was and that was my follow-up question was i'm sure that affects how you play in those scenes because you know given what happens in the movie and then seeing the final bit of quintessential american it kind of recontextualizes almost the entire show yeah, yeah within and, within yeah. the movie
3: totally no in exactly no and, it, and it was no, without giving any support <laughs> it was meant to do that as well where you kind of like once you take in that final episode it, you kind of you know take in everything that summer has told dave and then you kind of you know it, it puts a different spin on it so to speak
2: and can I say, like, that was one of the things that was the most fun for me. Like, there's this beautiful scene that happens on a peak.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> where, where, where certain lines are being dropped in from quintessential American. And, um, yeah, no, it was, it, was, it was fun to have that through line. For sure. Um, and to be able to utilize that, as you said, the character has, like, I have four faces. Like, really, three, three and a half faces, yeah. right? <laughs> and to be able to, like, knowing knowing in that moment that i am that i'm utilizing this thing that somebody is going to see at the end and i'm peppering it in it was just it was beautiful and to me like art is should be fun right like Mm -hmm. doing your craft should always be fun and it was always like it was it felt very much like a lot of this movie was this incredibly well made inside joke (laughs) in different ways (laughs) A little and, bit. Yeah, yeah, for and, like, sure, yeah for sure. and like seeing people, like when we screened this in Oakland last summer, like seeing people laugh. Because like I think we'd all gotten to the place where it was like, do we just think this is funny? And like seeing people laugh exactly where like Edwin and Mike had intended it. I mean, Edwin was the one who did all the editing. So like the way that he dropped in everything in those places, we're like, okay, so this is not just us. We're
0: not just a bunch of, a, a bunch of <laughs> fucking weirdos
2: over here. Well, we are we but are a bunch not of for of this reason over here. <laughs> yeah
0: um. and yeah we've we've seen that with with the movies we make down here too my character specifically is this sort of broad uh david caruso in csi miami cop parody and we don't uh which leads me into my next question we we do a lot of ad-libbing on the set i assume you guys did almost none
3: no, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah i think there was one scene i think uh in one of the parking lots where there was some ad libbing, bit, it was yeah, I'm not a not a huge fan. No,
2: we would. I mean, we would discuss things, right? Yeah. In the moment, like if we felt like something didn't feel authentic, yeah. like we'd huddle.
3: we would modify certain lines and stuff like that. But
0: sure.
3: usually, I think aside from one scene, most mostly
0: everything was in the script. Um. So, with us doing that, we're just saying the weirdest stuff that comes off the top of our head. And we'll find it in the edit, maybe, maybe. And I think what you're talking about, Sarah, those screenings are so important because you end up so close to the project. And especially if you're editing, which I, I didn't do, but Edwin, you did. You're just like, what is this? Does this even mean anything to anyone sure. now? And to see people get those reactions is so important. Um, and Definitely. so... so you know as you guys complete medias res and you're you're leading up to it and and you release it how did you guys release it? did you have like a couple public screenings
3: we did we were kind of like at first you know once we finished the movie we were looking for the best place to kind of release it and after some time you know instead of like waiting for like the magical distributor to kind of like come about and stuff like that we just decided to own the movie not sell it to anybody else and release it on our own and that's how it kind of led us to uh, releasing it you know on one of our first platforms which is prime so and that was basically kind of like the gist of it to kind of like control where it goes who you know uh when it's released and all that so uh I don't know. You have
2: any- yeah, yeah, well, talking about the screenings.
3: Yeah, and, and also the screens yeah. as well, yeah. So
2: we did we did a bunch of, like, private screenings.
3: Exactly. Because okay.
2: we, we wanted to get like the feedback. And, like, kind of jumping back to talking about Oakland, right? And the reason that we decided to shoot everything in Oakland and the amazing artists in Oakland is, like, we are all very lucky to be tapped into this amazing community of right. filmmakers, theater makers, people who do this, people whose opinions that we value um, so we did a bunch of, like, small screenings to start out with, with just, like, yeah. our network and our community, and then we did the one big public screening. Yeah.
3: and the cool thing is, like Sarah said about, like, Oakland, is that, like, all these artists and whatnot, they're supportive of each other, of the yeah. work as well.
2: Yeah.
3: So, you know, that was, you know, a big part of it was also kind of, like, you know, letting them know that the movie was out there and, you know, uh, for them to come out, hopefully, and support us, which they did, and all that stuff. Yeah. Yep.
1: My,
2: yeah. Do-
1: uh, no, I, I don't. I do not have anything further to add to your
0: comments, <laughs> Councilwoman. Oh, someone watched the Mueller report.
1: I did, I watched it for oh, about just... an hour, two, or three.
0: Oh, god,
1: Please, Louise. <laughs> yeah, I,
0: I, I did not yet, not yet, not yet. Uh, I probably will. I like but, like, what,
1: if, what if we answered just like how he did based on your questions? We'd be like, is it in the script? Is it in the movie? then there it is. <laughs> I can't say anything further.
0: And that's all I'll say about that. Well, that's all I'll
1: be... we'll about that. Did you see it in the movie? There you go.
0: What so. if you did that in the game where you're like, is it listed on the card? No. Well, then the round's
1: over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you meant like Michael Douglas and Sean Penn.
0: <laughs> yep, that one too. If, oh, they, if they, every scene just ended with, was that in the script? No. Okay, we'll edit that out. <laughs> Um, so, now that it's out, and in the the world at large, right, like, I've seen you guys just go into town uh, on this thing, and uh, Mike, I know, the, the I mean, the reason you're all here now is because of Mike, um, because I followed him on Twitter, and he won't stop talking about it yeah. on Twitter, and that's not a criticism, by the way. It's the thing that... It was this constant reminder of, hey, this is out here. This is someone who you followed for a while. You're always on your high horse about supporting other creative people. <laughs> and it finally was like, okay, you've got to pull the trigger on this. And like there was a little bit of my, you know, we've we interact from time to time, but we've never really like slid into each other's DMs or whatever. Sure. And now yeah, we do, bro. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, you know, just, just do it. Like he's saying in a public forum that he wants people to do this. So just go ahead and pull the trigger on it and it will be fine. Um, so now that it's out, like, what, what do you guys want? I mean, you guys want people to watch the movie and, and rate it. But I mean, what, what else do you want to see people do with, with this film?
3: You know, that's exactly, you know, we want people to watch it. And if they like it, we want people to share it. It's just that simple as well. I mean, also, uh, and to know that, you know, uh, if they like it, we're going to be making some other uh, films down the pi- down the line as well. And to kind of keep an eye out for them, you know, which should be, I think we have another project lined up that's uh, with the same people that made Medias Res, uh, Mike, Sarah, me, and uh, Joe and uh, it's coming out in 2020 so to uh, oh, i think wow. yeah yeah so yeah it's a quick one but uh we're just hoping that you know the people that are watching media's res and you know uh, liking it are going to be uh, on the lookout for the next one
0: yeah you guys crowdfunded this right
3: yeah, we did yes i mean <laughs> it was a pretty low amount yeah yeah i mean it was okay. yeah, nobody was breaking the bank with it this
2: was this was made on pure talent and technique
3: um
2: and and a a few thousand dollars more than a few but yeah a few grand a few grand exactly um what yeah so what you're witnessing is talent and commitment um yeah not money Mm. (laughs) so i wish yeah it was all
1: it was for instance we didn't pay for any location and we had all natural lighting right we didn't i I mean maybe aside from like the (laughs) flat house we,
3: lose
2: some light, we had some
3: lights, yeah. We, we had, had some, some lights. lights. We,
2: have, we have other stories yeah, we can talk yeah, about exactly, much later, exactly. Much but much
3: yeah, later on. anyway. Yes, limited resources, yes.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, hang on. <laughs> Wait, you okay? You said that for the most part, you have natural lighting, yeah. yeah. So, like, the neons and stuff are actually in Oakland, uh. N-
3: It's a little bit tricky. It's a lot of stuff that I did in post-production.
0: Okay, okay. So it's like some color correction stuff. It it
3: is, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, a lot of the stuff that I did with the cinematography, but we did use, you know, lights for some scenes.
0: Right, right, obviously. Yeah, yeah, okay. That makes way more sense because I was like, I I haven't spent a lot of time in that city, but wow, that place looks amazing. No, no, no.
3: (laughs) No, no, it was was, definitely, you know, it was a a manipulated image to make it. A, you know, a certain way, so to speak.
2: Yeah, I, I, I think Edwin is underselling himself though, <laughs> in that he had an eye, like you can only manipulate an image so much, right? Yeah, without a, without right. giving away that you're manipulating an image or making it look false or making it look fake. Edwin absolutely has an eye for the lighting and for yeah. finding, God, finding the, the perfect spot, the perfect spot to manipulate these practical lights as a theater person, as we call it, practical right? No, no, that's lighting, what right? they call it. Yeah, no, yeah exactly. And so they, like, I'm, I'm going to out you guys on the thing that happened early on, right? Like, Mike and Edwin would just, would, would travel around to, like, different parking lots and yeah. different places in the middle of the night just to check out the lighting, right? So what you are witnessing is, like, again, a commitment to the artistry and just, like, constant location hunting to, like, literally find the right light bulb in the right parking yeah. lot to give off the right color
3: Yeah, Edwin was, was looking for. It was pretty obsessive, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah and then
1: to, to talk sure. about the obsessive nature and Edwin's direction, it, it, at certain points, turned into, like, a Sergi, like, Eisenstein uh, <laughs> production, where it's, like, holding your body in a certain way underneath the light, so the yep. shadow hits this, like, really, like, self-contorting to... <laughs> Yeah. to just get that image
2: to get it right. to yeah get exactly right for sure um so yeah so i'm sorry i was no, gonna no, no, let no, no, you no. undersell Thank yourself no, i was good. like yeah. i was in, i was in 3 a.m riding, riding, riding no, no, parking no. lots with you yeah, guys was,
3: we didn't have gels and, and all these was, no, yeah yeah <laughs> no, we, we had have no any no of gel. that fancy shit
2: <laughs> we had some flashlights <laughs> no we
3: had, we had no no we had flashlights but like we, we had to keep it a little bit low key with kind of like all the lighting and stuff like that. So yeah, because anyway, the cops. Because yeah. of the, the cops. Police. Yeah. yeah. Talking shit.
0: yeah. Uh, fun fact about this movie shot only using ring lights like a YouTube video and then just manipulated in post production, right? Is that is that is that what happened? No, <laughs> no not
3: really. No, no, I mean, it, it kind of, I, I, I get where you're saying, yes. <laughs> well, I was it just kidding. <laughs>
0: but that obsessive thing. That yeah. also, like, everyone sees that and they're like, oh, this is real. Like, mm-hmm. this is weird. You know, this, it, it forces everyone to raise their game, yep. right? Yeah. <laughs>
3: uh, no, big time, 100%. Especially, you know, with me, you know, I kind of, and I think it's going to be a lot more of that uh, in the next one as well. So, you know we're we're, you know we're not we're gonna have a little bit more resources than media's res but still i think kind of like that sense of kind of like you know keeping it real really pushing everybody is going to be a little bit more enhanced or a little bit more kind of like pronounced so to speak
2: the game has already been upped
3: yeah yeah no definitely (laughs) but like the cool thing about like these guys are down for it they're up for kind of like the challenge so to speak so i'm looking forward to it i
2: mean we're five years older but like (laughs) not five years older but I might need to go to sleep
3: a little early. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> right. So, yeah, what was the journey of this movie like from, from idea to getting it out there? How long did that actually take?
3: It was kind of like, I, I would say kind of like all in all, it was like, you know, with the writing, shooting, and the editing, about three years really okay. for. And then, you know, uh, we had uh, for about a year or two kind of like, you know, just screening it, you know, getting people's interest before you know, kind of dropping it in the general sphere, so to speak, and with the streaming and whatnot. But kind of, like, hardcore, I would say definitely from start to finish, it was three years of kind of, like, you know, nonstop work on it.
0: Right. So then, Sarah, like, when do you get brought in in that process? Like, were you there for the inception of, like, hey, we have this idea, and it's going to be this kind of, you know, Neonora thing, and we want you to be... The sort of main female lead in that or do you get brought in after the script's done um so to my memory so
2: yeah. we can bring this back to splat house a little bit um we were all working on our first production of splat house it was a, what we what we framed as a staged reading which we actually had edwin like reshoot a bunch of scenes from the sadist if you're familiar um which did an incredible job and it was during that time that him and mike were doing a lot of the brainstorming Um, And I was brought in around that time. Yeah, it
3: was with uh, Sarah. We brought her in super early, even before I think the script was, like, fully written. Yeah, there wasn't even. Yeah, it was, we talked to her about, like, what the character was and what the story was. And then we got her kind of, like, thoughts on it. And uh, that's how it kind of, like, came about. And and it was the same thing with Joe as well. It was before, Mm -hmm. like, anything was written, we already had them in mind and we already talked to them. So it was at, at the genesis that we kind of like brought those guys in.
0: Okay. So then for, for, you know, you guys, Mike and Sarah, as performers in the movie, y- you guys have a background in, in performing and theater and stuff. So you've played characters before, but does it feel weirder leaving these characters behind because you were so intimately familiar with them? Like they were essentially born out of your own brain um, instead of someone else's.
1: Yeah, I, well, I'll, I'll speak to that first, because uh, Ed and I are, of course, working on this other production uh, right now, it, you know, writing and, and shooting um, Second Unit. And every now and again, I'll turn to Ed and I'll be like, well, what if Dave did, and
3: he's like, yeah, Simon. You know, I'm like yeah, right.
1: Dave he's like Simon.
3: I'm like, no no, I- and even I'm the same way. like our, yeah. our lead character in the next movie is called Simon. But we're still calling him Dave. <laughs> continuation you know. Uh,
1: um, yeah, so no to, to answer your question simply, of course it's hard to leave Dave behind. Dave. like so one of the big things for me that like is super close to my heart is the fact that we got quintessential American in this movie. that's a show like ed and i have talked about god since we were like kids we're like what would what would the what would our 90210 or, or like saved by the bell like look like and you know some of those scenes we wrote like almost 20 years ago we just copied and pasted them and changed some names and there
2: you go. And I and like so I've known I've known Mike D like years longer than I've known Edwin. And as long as I've known this motherfucker, can I press on this podcast? Hopefully yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> Such so like a white guy thing to say. <laughs>
2: um like he has been he's tried to drop this kind of 90s teen soap opera shit in everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm talking like as a performer, I'm talking like it doesn't matter. Like if he's been trying to drop this and I have not understood this particular obsession. um, And uh, I'm glad that him and uh, Edwin found each other. We could work our ghosts out. We could work our ghosts out together. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Yeah. So I think, are you done? I'm done. You're done. I'm done. Um, Oh, wow. Podcast over, I guess. (laughs) No, I think that going about summer and leaving summer behind, I would say yes. Like, as I said, like, I did, I don't know, 25, 30 other projects and Edwin and I were also working on other projects down in LA together during this period of time. And like, I, leaving summer behind was hard. It was really hard. Like I lived, I lived in that character. Um, everything else, like summer became neutral, right? Like summer was neutral. Everything else was some, everything else I was performing in was an extension outside of that. But summer was the place that I could just drop into. And I knew so intimately, I mean,
1: but I, even when Summer is neutral, she's chaotic neutral. She's neutral,
2: yes, <laughs> yeah. Is she, she neutral good. Uh-huh. Or... <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, I still have that black dress hanging in my closet. So what does that say? It's like
1: baby Jane. You're like, yeah, I,
2: know. I still have that black <laughs> dress hanging in my closet. I think that was the, the only thing that I kept. But, like, yeah, it was, it, was, it was very hard to give her up. It was good at the same time because I think we were all ready to move on. To something else um but yeah, yeah. i lived yeah. in her i lived yeah. in her she lived in me for three years i thought about her
3: you know i thought about her it, it became constantly. obsessive too.
2: totally yeah. we're all obsessive right yeah. so like it became it, I, the text messages that went back and forth yeah there was a life that was breathed into this that is unlike any other project that i've ever worked on because it's you know always been a shorter period of time um yeah
0: yeah yeah Yeah. Well, and it's got to be also, though, once you do leave them behind and sort of put them out into the world and and your screenings and on on Amazon now, seeing these characters like pop with people and going, hey, that okay, that does mean not on the same level, but it means something to someone else, too
3: definitely we we saw that like in particular when people are some people are like making gifs of certain scenes (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah these little moments there yeah we kind of saw that that like oh like this little moment right here kind of means something to somebody you know whether it be funny whether it be ridiculous whatever so yeah it's kind of cool
0: yeah Yeah, uh the gif of the oh no he's he's fine he's just asleep and then he (laughs) throws the thing at him
3: (laughs) yeah which one john Oh right, right, right. <laughs> no, he's actually dead. On that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. give it away. No, 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 no. <laughs> no spoilers. Um,
0: so, so yeah. It, do you guys have anything else you guys want to say about Media Res or your experience uh, on on set or or writing this? No,
3: uh, just uh, like I said, you know, hopefully, you know, some people listen to it and watch it, and uh, please be on the lookout for uh, some other things that are coming out uh, pretty soon.
2: And we'll have our hype man out there, so don't you yeah, worry. Yeah,
3: Mike is going to be tweeting about that shit. <laughs>
2: yeah, I'll hype it up, man! Yeah. We are very lucky to have our own hype man. We uh, are very lucky. Edwin and I are not social media sorts. I
3: don't know, but if you see, you know, on, you know, Dwayne Johnson's, like, Twitter feed, like, watch Media's Res, you know it's fucking Mike.
2: So. <laughs> oh. Um, Yeah. yeah. I don't think i have anything anything else to say um i'm really glad to see so i'm lying obviously because i'm speaking still um what i know i uh i'm really grateful for the way that the film community and the independent film community has like really rallied behind us in this and it's not just mike d pushing it right like everybody that we know and all the connections that mike d has made um are really really rallying behind us and that's incredible, and I'm sure. so grateful to be a part of that community. I'm uh I'm grateful for Mike D. forcing me into starting this flat house podcast, <laughs> so that like so that he had all the more reason to like get out there. Um, but like really, like people's support has been incredible, and so thank you, thank you for all of that.
1: That's to you, Melissa Jordan, my crush from high yeah. school,
0: yeah, and also my namesake. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy that that's actually your name. Yeah, um,
0: yeah Melissa Jordan Smith. That's me. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, Mike. Like, I know. What is what is the drive there for the hype man? Like, there's obviously—is that your obsessive nature with this, right? Of of just like this is important and it needs to be seen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I get. Well, hmm, I think, yeah, it's like multi layered, but I guess if, if I was to like make it like super simple, uh, it's that I love Sarah, I love Edwin, and like we've worked together in various capacities over the years and we do cool shit. And I want more people to see that shit. But like, I guess if I was to break it down further, and maybe I should have stopped talking like earlier, no, like- but like, <laughs> But, but it's wild. Like, so we just had, uh, or I said we. See, I have this hive mind like everyone else. But there was just, like, the San Diego comic convention where where people feel they're a part of, like, these multi-billion-dollar corporate conglomerates, like, making movies. But that's but really, that's not who makes movies. Like, for every Marvel movie, there's, like, 15 or more of little films like Medias Reson. It's just kind of like ringing the bell and saying, like, hey, there's other folks out here that are, like, regional and, like, doing doing
3: similar shit. It's, like, really cool. No, for sure. Big time. Yeah,
0: well put. Good. Okay. Well, I think that'll do it. I will give you guys a chance to plug anything you want. Obviously, Medias Res. Go see it on Amazon. And also a call to, if you do watch it, rate and review because that helps – the movie gets seen by the algorithm. Is that correct? Right.
2: There is there is no better way to help yeah. us than to rate and review it at this. Point.
0: And
3: also uh, to check it out in IMDb as well, in rate and re- review there as well.
0: Oh, cool. Cool. Okay, uh, Sarah, is there anything you want to plug? Social um, Media or
2: listen to our podcast.
0: Uh, listen to the Splat <laughs> okay. House.
2: Um, we will eventually get back to it when we are here. <laughs> Uh, a little more mellowed out on our media stress, or rather, found like a, a through line for our media stress stuff. But yeah, we have this podcast that Mike D and I have been working on forever, and uh, eventually there will be a, a, a film that comes out of that as well. That we might be able to convince Edwin to do some cinematography on. He shakes his head now. Um, so that's it. Yeah, follow this Flat House podcast.
0: Mike,
1: uh yeah, Endgame comes out on digital. Uh, sure, first. So if you're a big fan of Marvel movies, check out uh, Marvel's Avengers Endgame, which is just the end of Phase Three. Yeah, if if I'm to understand, there's a whole phase. I'm not four. even
4: listening to you.
1: You're not listening to <laughs> me. No, <laughs> so I'm kidding. But no, uh, to piggyback on Sarah, yeah, no, our our podcast is cool. We have we have people like Joe Bob Briggs on Ethan. Oh, and sure. John Dahl. Who do we have on the show? Jesus Where?
2: Christ. We had rindy Roby um oh, from Twin Peaks. Yes, we uh-huh. had uh Scott whalen uh-huh. on like twice. Uh-huh. Um the got milk
1: guy. Yeah. I we, love him. we
2: we've been we've been very lucky yeah. with the amazing people that have like come on multiple times to talk to us. Uh-huh. And uh yeah.
1: But mostly like get endgame, watch uh <laughs> or listen to splat House, and then uh, we're we're making a new movie we'll
3: talk about next year for when sure i no, think that's it man there that's it
2: new movie
3: yeah the new the movie, movie, yeah. What's it called what's it called it's called late night seeker so uh it'll be on the lookout for 2020 late,
1: late night Secret. Secret. you heard it here first seeker right.
3: oh
0: my god late, late night, night seeker. seeker seeker cool well thank you guys so much for uh, uh being on the show um, i know this is like this is a smaller show um so i appreciate you guys taking the time out to uh to, to come talk to bakersfield
2: <laughs> as it were no we appreciate you for taking the time
3: yeah. man thank you so much mj it was a lot of fun man
0: yeah of course um you, yeah just listen to the show uh go watch medias res it's a good time. Um, and it's short. It's only, what is it, like an hour 37? Yeah, no, yeah. 90, 95 minutes.
3: Yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. We're so super it, pumped about yeah, that. An hour and a half,
0: basically. Yeah, C- come on. You have an hour and a half. What are you going to do? Watch Stranger Things again? Yeah, it's a dense
1: 95 minutes, too. It's fun.
0: Yeah, it is. There's, I think it's fun. It's a lot. It, it keeps you on your toes, that's for sure.
1: Uh-huh. Were you, like, uh, standing on your tippy-toes watching the movie?
0: <laughs> I was. That's correct. And okay. my cat was just trying to knock me off balance. <laughs> <you're>, well, I <laughs> your calves look amazing. Now, oh, so, yeah. yeah.
2: Can you imagine? Yeah.
0: yeah, so watch Media's Res, get swole, and uh, mm-hmm. that's it. We'll be back to talk about something, I actually think the next episode after this one is our Stranger Things episode, so. Um, uh, why did you fucking shit on Stranger Things, then? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. I like that show a lot, actually. But you been there. They're not. You gotta set that
1: up. You gotta go back and say, like, uh, uh, oh, uh, what, what what's up? You could really poop on. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, they're
0: not, there's not like a Transformers you Know there's, yeah. oh, I guess, there's Lion King. We just released, yeah,
4: that
0: was garbage. Uh, <laughs> it, it's 40 minutes shorter than Lion King. There you go, go see Media Stress, and you don't have to leave your house and spend money on the same damn movie you've been watching for 25 years, exactly.
1: There you go, brother.
0: Yep, uh, yeah, uh, thanks again, guys. Uh, until next time, in the words of the Suicide Squad, we're the bad guys,
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> right on there.